Welcome, horror fans, and thank you for downloading the horror show. Sit back while your hosts, Sean and Joe, take you back in time to review your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies from yesteryear with their own twisted comedic view Your hosts will remind you why you loved or hated those classic horror movies and other horror-related events. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to The Horror Show! And welcome to the horror show, a show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and other horror related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Guys, this is it. Part three. I know you've been wait- <laughs> waiting on bended knee for this. <laughs> this is this is it. Our third and final installment of anthologies. Yes. And we're gonna talk about so we talked about creep show. We talked about Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Two of our favorites of all time. Yeah. All time horror movies and then definitely anthology. Um, and but after watching these, uh, that still stands. Totally stands. Totally stands. Completely stands. Uh, these were all, these, these. by the way, these are by no means, we watched every anthology and came up with this list. This is based off of our memories yeah. of watching these and really hadn't seen them in quite a while. Besides Trick or Treat, obviously, and right. Creep Show, which I feel obliged to watch probably once a year. Same. Yeah, <laughs> so, same. It's one of those weird ones. So today Tina we're just told me she's never seen or heard of Creep Show. Uh, yes, and so did my wife. Remember she's that? Not, oh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. They, they, they just hate. Good things. Good things. <laughs> hate fun. They hate fun. How do you see the creep show box and not rent that? <laughs> I don't know. A ghost at a ticket booth. <laughs> so it's inviting you. It's the perfect invite. Yeah. Take my two seventy five. I'm renting this. Uh, so yeah. So we're going to be talking about some some anthologies here. There are three other ones that we that were kind of on our list of very fond as kids. Yes. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Yep. Campfire Tales, which actually I had not seen, but Joe had seen it and said it was pretty good, and I wanted to see it, so I put it on the list anyway because I was like, "Yeah, I want to watch that." And then um, Tales from the Hood, Tales from the Hood, a lot different than when we first saw these, huh? All of them were a lot different. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I Tales from the Dark Side, especially I, I had a real fondness for that, and I was like, "I need to see that." I'm gonna stop watching things that i haven't seen since i was a kid just because i want my memories to stay yeah tales from the dark side like seriously when we were putting this list together i was like 
I can't wait to watch this again. I remembered the gargoyles. Didn't remember anything else, I don't think. No, definitely remembered nothing else until I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this. But I had like, I remember being like, I love this. Like, I saw this multiple times as right. a kid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, where do we want to start? Do we want to start from best to worst? Um, Leave on a do, negative foot for well, all of our Do we fans? have the same definitive list of best to worst? Uh, well, what did you think of Tales from... I think we know where Tales from the Dark Side stands for both of us. Okay. And I think we know where Tales from the Hood stands. What about Campfire Tales? What did you think about that? That would be in the middle of both of them. Oh, really? Yeah, Tales from the Hood is my favorite one. Okay, so then let's go from worst to best. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about <laughs> Tales from the Dark Side. Okay. What a letdown. Yes, I couldn't agree letdown. more. Yeah. Total so letdown. what? A, yeah. Total letdown. What a disappointment. I will say before we go into anything, it was fun to see how many fucking people are in this movie. Man, they got everyone. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. That's, that that is a know. star-studded cast. I don't know. So this was released. I don't even have the year. It was 1990. 1990. So, man, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. I guess horror was just alive and well, and these people were like, I want, I want in. Stephen King. Yeah. I, I don't know how they got all those people as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So let's start off. With, it was only a, a $3.5 million budget, too, so they couldn't have paid those people too much money. Wow. That's yeah. really low. Because, wow. Huh. Uh, 35% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 45% from fans. You know what? I, w- I saw that too, and I was expecting it to be like 85%. So like, did I. I, th- I always thought it was held in high regard. It's always one of those ones that, yeah, yeah. But the TV show was held in high regard. And for us, it's usually, if we hate it, it's usually critically acclaimed. And if we loved it, it's right. like the dredge. <laughs> yeah. You can't even find like a link for it anywhere online. Right. It's not even a Wikipedia page for it. Uh, <laughs> But this this one, so this one's kind of like a, it's definitely more of a fan favorite than critic favorite, but not really highly regarded as I thought. I just, and by the way, this is what, so there's two creep shows and there's actually a third creep show, which came out in like the 2000s, which yeah. no we one We don't counts. talk about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was supposed to be the third creep show. Well, I don't know if it was supposed or to be, considered but Tom be. Savini says like, this is it. This is what me and Stephen King say is should be the third creep yeah. show. If you want to call it Creep Show Three, that's fine by us. Right. Uh, so I thought that was crazy. That was that was just crazy. I don't know. Um, but we start out with we we have our backstory, which is Matt Lawrence in chains in uh, oh, Debbie Harry's <laughs> from Blondie fame. De- Debbie Harry's uh, kitchen. Yeah, kitchen cage. <laughs> She, she has a jail cell in her kitchen. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, I mean, I guess if you do what she does, if you eat children. It's probably the most convenient place for Probably, you. yeah. But I feel like. But then they're talking to you the whole might, time. Yeah. You're, get, you're getting prepped. Like, And anyone that comes over and comes into your kitchen. There's no way to justify. Like, even if you don't have someone in the cage at that time, there's no way to justify why you have that fucking cage. <laughs> Keep in my kitchen. animals in there? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Uh, so we don't find out a lot about this backstory. Just that Matt Lawrence is reading from a book called Tales from the Dark Side, which Debbie Harry gave him. To, t- to just keep them quiet, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, when you're stolen from your parents and your life is in danger, you're just going to read a book. <laughs> you're yeah. just going to chill out and read a read a fucking book. 
Remind me when we talk about campfire tales. There was another. <laughs> There's something I thought of. I was like, if my, if I was in this situation, this is not what I would be doing. Um, probably all of them. Well, yeah, that but the movie was like, whatever. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, read, uh, reading stories out loud to my captive. My uh, what do you call that? Whoever has me captive is not on no, my priority list. No, no. So Matt, so Matt Lawrence is basically using these stories as a stall tactic because she's trying to get the oven ready to cook them. So he's trying to buy some time by reading stories out loud to her. And we read Lot 249, yes. a tale about a mummy. Which is actually adapted from Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I'm curious how adapted works in this situation. My guess is very loosely. My guess is he wrote a story about a mummy, and that's that's what they took from it. I am pulling it up right now, and it's about a college student no. who reanimates an ancient no. Egyptian mummy. So it looks like it's pretty similar. Oh, my God. That and is- he sends the mummy to attack people who... Have wrong. He holds a grudge against. Oh him. my God! Yeah. Well, wow! Congratulations, you've ruined a <laughs> Sir Arthur. What is it? Con- Arthur Conan, Conan Doyle. Doyle. Yeah. You've ruined uh, his his legacy with this one. <laughs> uh, so, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore in her first role. Yep. Christian Slater. Yep. Anyone else in this? Uh, the other guy's name is Robert Sedgwick. I don't, I don't, I don't care enough to look up. Yeah, me either. Uh, so we have these characters. Julianne Moore plays Susan. Uh, Christian Slater is her brother, Andy. Yep. Susan is dating a guy by the name of Lee. And Steve Buscemi plays another nerd at this college named Bellingham. Uh, we find out immediately that Susan's boyfriend, Lee, has cheated. Steve Buscemi's yeah. character. Uh, no. No, 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 no. The other character. Uh, yeah. Steve Buscemi didn't cheat. No, no, no. Oh yeah! Oh, they cheated him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They they basically ripped him off for this Pembroke scholarship. Yeah, they talk about this scholarship more than anything else in this movie, and it really doesn't have much to do with it. Like it doesn't. You don't need this much. Like they are talking about it, like to the point where I don't even know what happened. So she wrote the essay for him, so that's cheating. But at the same time, Bellingham, Steve Buscemi, was like, "I didn't, I didn't get the scholarship because I was in Egypt." I was like, "So what?" Who got cheated here? I don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it made no sense. It was so weird. Uh, but so we find all this out. Everyone's kind of got a grudge against everyone. Everyone's kind of pissed off at each other because Christian Slater doesn't like what's going on. Whatever. They're all assholes. Yeah, but we find out they go over to Bellingham, but they're all friends at the same time. Yeah, yeah I know. Like they swing by Steve Buscemi's place to say like, "What's up." Got the scholarship, bitch. And like, it just makes no sense. But we find out that Steve Buscemi, while in Egypt, uh, has purchased a mummy. Because you can fucking do that. You can just go over there and buy a sarcophagus. Could you and imagine? A, a mummy. And ship it back to the United States. Like, with no questions asked. Like, hey, what's in this giant box that weighs a ton? Oh. Just a sarcophagus. Just, just, just a mummy I bought out here. <laughs> Just for shits. Hominy. Yeah, I'm not bringing it to a museum. I'm, it's going to actually sit in my studio apartment for a while. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it after that. Uh, so he buys this. Crazy. Uh, and he reads a scroll. He starts reading from this scroll that he finds inside of the mummy. And the mummy comes to life. Starts walking around. He ends up killing Lee. None of these kills are really that impressive no. either. 
I liked the mummy though. I liked the special effects for the mummy. Classic old school mummy. He was dusty and like brittle. I was going to ask you at the end and you can feel free to answer at the end. Yeah. We've been trying to search for a solid mummy. This, this wasn't it, but <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't CGI mummy, which yeah. I can't stand. No. Like a mummy running around. Why would you jump. waste CGI on a mummy? Why do you waste money just buy on toilet paper? anything? All right. So we're going to go off topic here, but you know that dracula untold movie that recently came out it yeah. was all cg like i didn't see it but no. i'm familiar with the it, previews yeah. were literally 100 percent cgi <laughs> yeah that was made by universal and they were trying to make an entire series of like their mon- the universal monsters reinvented great idea right phenomenal idea why would they do that that was <laughs> the start of it and now they're canceling all the other ones because that one didn't do well it didn't do well because it looked like shit yeah it looked like garbage Dracula doesn't need CGI. He doesn't need a billion <laughs> bats flying around him. That preview had millions of bats. You can go to Toys R Us and complete the entire costume <laughs> design for that movie you, right now. You can go to Party City and have an amazing Universal Monster costume. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> amazing. There's no uh, need for any of that. Yeah, it was crazy. And and this the same goes true with this. You don't need CGI to do a mummy. This is a perfect example. This mummy... Looked like shit, and rightfully so. That's what it should look yeah. like. They mummies, should mummies should not look clean. They're a billion years old. <laughs> and they should not have full range of motion. Covered in dust and smell like shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this mummy kills Lee. So at, at that point, I mean, when the mummy wakes up, I'm like, oh. I didn't realize he was like doing Steve Buscemi's build, bidding until he killed Lee. Yeah, I thought he would wake up and just be a loose mummy and just terrorize him. Yeah, town. yeah. And this story is just like really just... Oh, it goes nowhere after this. Christian Slater's like, he's kind of onto it. Then the mummy kills his sister. Now he's really onto it. And you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck? So Christian Slater ends up confronting him. He lights the mummy on fire, burns the mummy. He burns the scroll. He he burns the, he, he's, he's, he's got Steve Buscemi tied up and he's, he's saying, I'm going to burn this scroll. Like, and Steve Buscemi's pleading with him, I'll bring your brother and sister back to life. Kind of hesitates, so you don't know what happened, uh, besides that he burned the scroll. Then we see Buscemi driving away in a taxi. So he obviously let him live. Let him he live. was going to yep. kill him. <laughs> he makes the most terrible joke, basically saying, how did he not know Pharaoh age parchment paper from Victorian age par- parchment paper? What an idiot. Like, what an ignorant. <laughs> so it turns out he's still got the scroll. We cut back to Christian Slater. He's sitting in his apartment, totally okay with the death of his sister and best friend. (laughs) And he gets a knock on the door, and it's his brother and sister. Brought back. Coming to get him. And that is the end. (laughs) What'd you think about that? Like, that was like the biggest letdown for me. I'm watching it. The kills are not terrible. They're not great. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, this maybe could pay off at the end. And there was no payoff at the end. I think it had potential and it just didn't live up to its potential. Like that story could be really sweet. Yeah. I think one of the problems I have with the um, the anthology series is anthologies in period. If they're not done right, they all leave them kind of open-ended. That's like the point of them. So that way they could cut back to the narrator who's like, Ooh, that's spooky. Wonder what's next up. Right. Like they're all kind of open ended to make you think like that. And this one just didn't do it well. No, I think as a kid, I, like I didn't remember much going back and watching this. 
But I think as a kid, I must have loved it because I loved mummies. But mm-hmm. it, just watching it now did literally nothing for me. Yeah, and I think this falls into, well, it falls into like kind of like that creep show thing where you it was easily accessible. You could easily rent it because the cover wasn't that bad for your parents. <laughs> and like like we talked about with creep show, like it was a good one to like kind of rent for your friends to like blow their minds. But it look, it doesn't have. It's not as good as creep show. Right. So, um, how do you feel about Christian Slater in general? Okay, so <laughs> I don't like Christian Slater. I don't care for him. I don't. How do You're I say this? Impartial. Yeah, I, I just don't. <laughs> doesn't matter. Work an actor. See, I, I like him. And I don't know why. Because every time I watch a movie with him that I watched when I was younger, like Gleaming the Cube, like what? my <laughs> wife loves Christian Slater. So does, does she has the biggest crush on him. So that I was actually going to tell this story. She. uh well, while we were talking about this, she was like, oh, I own that movie. I was like, you own Tales from the Dark Side? Pulled it out. It's still in the wrapper. But I pulled it out, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Why does she have Tales from the Dark Side out of all the movies? She, like, she's a big horror fan. She got a lot of horror movies, but Tales from the Dark Side. And I was like, oh, I'm watching, and I see Christian Slater. I was like, she bought it for Christian Slater. <laughs> she bought it because it was a Christian Slater movie. There's no other reason she bought this. Uh He's like the poor man's uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and the other problem I have with Tales from the Crib, or Tales from the Dark Side, so many tales. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side is, yeah, he is a poor man's Jack Nicholson, by the way. Yeah, that's the, the, that's a the, good draw. Yeah, yeah, and the hair, like, oh my god, yeah. Uh, the narr- the narrative in this one is not good. No, and I agree with that. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> like the cutscene. So we cut from this, obviously, and you go back to your narrative. And nothing happens besides him being like, wait, 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 I got another story. Yeah. That's literally what happened. It was too choppy. And she's like, okay, tell me another story, I guess. Campfire Tales pulled that off better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. At least they had a... Although, there's something... This would have benefited if it had the Crypt Keeper telling the stories. Yeah. I don't know why, but all I can think of is when it cut the Matthew Lawrence, I was like, I don't want to see the Lawrence brother. I want to see the Crypt Keeper. I I want to see anything that would entertain me in between them. All the other ones had nice, like... Even if they were goofy or stupid in between, yeah. at least like were fun to watch. This was just like the Debbie Harry would be like, okay, well, it's time to eat you. And then he'd be like, wait, I've got another story. And she'd be like, oh, I guess one more story. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Dude, if I'm hungry, there's no way I'm going to be held up. Why can't you eat? Imagine <laughs> if your pasta was like, wait, wait. Let me tell you a story. I'd be like, no, you're going, <laughs> going in the, you're you. going to, you're going in the pot right now. I am hungry. I really don't care. <laughs> I, these stories are terrible. <laughs> As a grown woman or a grown That's man. Amazing. The book's not going anywhere. Yeah, like, I can read this yeah, myself. I'll read this after I eat. And by the way, have you ever listened to a little kid read a story? Well, you do. You're a teacher. Every, every day. It's painful. I know. <laughs> It's so painful. So many skipped words. No way that story would be, that story would have made even less sense. With Not even skipped words, dude. <laughs> so many sentences would be repeated. You get like to the last word of the sentence. Like wait, 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 and go back and start over. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't. I would never. I would have lasted two sentences into that mummy story, and I would be like. You're getting fucking eaten after 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 him trying to say Pembroke about a thousand times. Pet. <laughs> Pem, Pem, <laughs> and if he got through that and he had to say scholarship, I'd be like, "All right, in the pot, in the pot, get your ass in the pot, <laughs> shut the fuck up." Oh, uh, so we go from that to Cat from Hell. Yes. Oh my God, another one. I've just got so we talked about this last week actually, where I said 
a good movie you don't have a lot to say about because it's just so good. Like you right. just don't have a lot to talk about. It's the crappy ones you can talk about all day. I have to say this breaks the rule because I just don't know what to say about this story. <laughs> this cat from hell story was so goddamn stupid. It, it lasted so long and nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened except William Hickey uh, riding around in his wheelchair complaining about cats. Yeah. And being like, I want the cat dead. And then being, then the guy being like, okay, I can kill a cat. And then him being like, well, this is a different kind of cat. <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> so, so William Hickey. Can we talk about how he hires a hitman? Like, for a cat? Like, <laughs> I didn't even think about that while watching that. Like, why not just call like an exterminator or just throw some money at some bum on the side of the road and be like, I have a cat that I want you to kill. Not an actual hitman. <laughs> so much money you have to pay. George Hickey's rolling around. He's hired a fucking hitman to kill who a cat. Who is played by the lead singer of the New York Dolls, who probably more people know as Buster Poindexter, yeah. who sings the Hot 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 song. That's so crazy. <laughs> that guy was just all over the place, huh? Dude, I think he's in a, I think he's in a Hulk Hogan movie. He is. He's in a lot of movies. He plays the bad guy in uh, not Suburban Commando, no, Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny, yes. Yeah, who has the metal head? <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Uh, he was actually in a lot of stuff in the 90s. Um, he was just branching out, man. He had the look of a crazy person. Well, I mean, to be fair, he is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I saw his bandmate yesterday. At oh, really? Chiller, uh, the guitarist of the New York Dolls. Yeah, we'll probably also talk about him nuts. later. Really? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Cat from Hell hires this hitman. Uh, he thinks these cats kill people. This cat. Not even cats. Just this cat. Yeah. Kills people. Uh, he, he mentions that we see this scene of the cat about to kill somebody and William Hickey's narrating and he says, they say cats take people's breath away. So I'm thinking, this is like a magical cat and kind of just walks by like, you and kills yeah, you. Yeah, and you stop breathing. Yeah. That would, that but like would, comes and kisses you and you're dead. Or actually sucks your soul. Yeah, out yeah, yeah. Like, that would make sense. Right. Like, uh, what we see is a cat like out of SNL jump with four legs on his head like a face hugger from aliens and that's how he yeah, kills it's him. like that dog from something about mary yeah yeah it's complete and it's stuffed obviously and this cat is just on its head and people are just trying to shake it off and they can't get rid of this cat do we mention this was written by stephen king yeah and it makes sense this <laughs> but th this would like work better as like a story yeah like, that's not that, that is like most of stephen king's Stories turn movies. Yeah. Night Flyer. <laughs> Night Flyer. Like, that's one where you just visualize it in your head, and you're like, what does that guy look like? Exactly. And then you see the movie, and it's this horrible makeup. Like, you read a story about a cat, and like, that, you know, that could be terrifying. Like, a simple creature that kills you, but then you see you know, the movie and a cat jumping on your well, face. Well, right, and you know Stephen King wasn't like, and then the cat <laughs> leapt onto its face and fucking... <laughs> Attached itself to you. Uh, no, that didn't happen. Also, we were talking about why you would hire a hitman. This cat, for all intent and purposes, intents and purposes, uh, is a normal cat that just kills people. Because in other scenes, the cat's walking around. Like goes and eats, just poison its fucking food. <laughs> there was a really in, simple. In one solution. scene, the cat walks and just starts nibbling on its food, and I was like, "What is this? Is this really a cat? This is just a cat that kills people. Like, <laughs> that's it. It's it was, a yeah. real cat that kills people, not a magical cat, not nothing. It's just a cat that murders human beings." Uh, <laughs> so he hires this hitman. The hitman is going nuts trying to kill this cat. He just can't do it. He's 
every time he's got him dead in his sights, I don't know why I didn't kill it. Uh, he misses somehow and shoots a TV right next to it. Can't get rid of this cat. Uh, the cat, oh boy, the cat clings to his face also, kills him, and then proceeds to worm its way into his mouth, like dive headfirst into its mouth. Yeah. And we see this cat going into its throat. It's one of the better scenes in the movie. For sure. I loved this scene. I thought this scene was crazy. Just the special effects were nuts. And the, the end of this is... Before we do that, can we talk about the people that the cat killed real quick? Yeah. One was the librarian from Ghostbusters. Did you pick up on that? No. The lady at the beginning. Really? And one was um, fucking wheelchair Salamanca from uh, Breaking Bad. Are you... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He's also yeah, the yeah, landlord yeah. in uh, Ace Ventura. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's in... Oh, my God, yeah. Is he got that Ventura? And this cat kills them with complete ease yeah it's crazy no one can stop this cat from yeah. killing i just wanted to bring that up because we talked about how star studded it was yeah i no, wouldn't call them stars but they're in on the no days. but i mean like well-known actors you know working actors uh, character actors but yeah as sean said the cat <laughs> the cat goes into this guy's mouth but it's not a magical cat so how's it fitting down his throat i don't know like i can't fit a cat <laughs> i don't <laughs> I can't fit a cat in my mouth no i don't know uh William Hickey comes back in the room and it's like, oh no. And he drops his pills and the cat gets him too. Well, the cat comes out of the corpse and it gives him a heart attack. Yeah. That's, that's how it kills it. Which, like, that's that's what I expected from the cat. Like, giving people heart attacks. Like, no, no, no. But the cat's not actually doing anything. Dude, you, you really, <laughs> you hear what you're saying? <laughs> You expected the cat to give people... It's not a scary-looking cat. Why would it give people... No, no, no. I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, the cat's not doing anything physical. Like, the cat's just in the room. I know that guy's having a heart attack because he just watched the cat come out of a human being. Yeah. But, but I'm saying, when he said takes her breath away, that's what I imagined. Like, the cat walks by very cat-like, and everyone just, like, is like, oh, and keels over. And, it, like, everyone thinks it's a heart attack. If a cop comes across this scene, they're going to say, this cat is murdering people. This person has claw marks all over their face and chest. And this guy, a cat went into and came back out. Right. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. They would put this cat down. Somebody would eventually kill this cat. Whatever. <laughs> Terrible story. Second though. story done. Oh, we guess what? We cut back to Matt Lawrence, who has another story. <laughs> Debbie Harry obliges. Did I say that word right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Harry says she'll listen to one more fucking terrible story. And by the way, Debbie Harry says these stories are great. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> she clearly wasn't listening. Uh, Lover's Vow is our final story. Another gem. What's this <laughs> actor's name? Do you have his name? James Remar. Yeah. He plays a fellow by the name of Preston who we open up to building a house out of popsicles. You th I'm thinking... He has special needs. Special needs or a really shitty architect <laughs> who's decided to do things the hardest way possible. <laughs> I'm going to design this building out of popsicle sticks. I'm going to design this model out of popsicle sticks. Yeah. Uh, turns out he's an artist. I wouldn't buy shit from him. <laughs> uh, he goes to this bar to meet his agent, and the agent essentially fires him because he's a washed up artist. None of his paintings are selling 
And if any of them looked like this piece of shit popsicle house, (laughs) I wouldn't buy anything from him. Uh, so, So they're at this bar. He ends up getting sloshed with this other guy that's sitting there. And the bartender finally kicks him out. On their way out, a fucking gargoyle comes down. I kind of liked the. I liked how strong the gargoyle was. Like, I like literally, just gargoyles. one swipe and the guy's head fell off. One swipe and the guy's hand That's starts. That's how it should be. It's yeah, like a fucking gargoyle. Yeah, it shouldn't be a fight. It shouldn't be a struggle. Yeah. This thing just ripped its head off. Like it was three swipes and this guy was missing every limb of his body. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, the gargoyle confronts Preston, our artist, and says, "If you tell, I don't know why the gargoyle would do this though." The gargoyle says, "If you tell anyone." <laughs> about this you can't tell anyone about this i think he threatens to kill him right yeah but why doesn't he just kill him or that would be the easiest solution or just go back to being a gargoyle nobody's gonna believe this right why talk to him right oh this guy's gonna tell the cops that a gargoyle killed him (laughs) and then there's gonna be a nationwide manhunt for gargoyles the gargoyle's so so concerned about the guy snitching getting charges pressed against him (laughs) like what is oh my god it's so stupid so Preston runs. <laughs> Preston runs home, terrified out of his mind, uh, and he meets a young lady who he's like, "You gotta get out of the streets." I can't tell you why, but just run, guys. This is New York City, early '90s. You're not doing this. You're not believing anything this guy has to say. You're stabbing him and running away. Also, mm-hmm. you're not doing this to other people in New York City. If you're a New Yorker, you're like, "Fuck you." You're yeah. bait. You're bait. Yeah, I'm out. Of I'm out of here. I'm going home. I'm going to fucking sleep and not telling anyone. Not the case. I agree 100%. I just want to say I'm still hung up on the fact about how much better this segment would have been if it circled around the police investigation of hunting of a nationwide gargoyle. Hunt. I would have loved <laughs> like that. Clues. I would have loved that. That would have been so funny. So there's actually um, the, in the ABCs of death, which I wanted to give props to at the end of this because it, it's, it's a decent anthology if you want to call it that. In it, they have one of them is, it's not even V for vampire. It doesn't make sense, but it's... It's a POV of a vampire being hunted, modern day. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen the ABCs of It's that. so good. But it's POV from the vampire's point of view, and you see these humans like, where the fuck did he go? They're chasing him through the woods. It's so good. It's awesome. Yeah, and like, I would have loved to have seen that with a gargoyle. Like, <laughs> just an entire nation being like, fucking kill every fucking gargoyle. How do you kill a gargoyle? You will smash him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You How do you big kill a gargoyle? Yeah, smash every just gargoyle. smashing every gargoyle in New York City. <laughs> How time-consuming would that be? Yeah, no one would. Everyone would just not believe them. They would be like, "Guy, we can't do this." <laughs> Are you telling us you want to smash every gargoyle? By the way, a gargoyle can fly and just leave, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and fly to another country like France what? with a shitload more gargoyles. Why doesn't he just do that instead of tell this guy not to? Whatever. Uh, well, it makes no sense. So. He meets this girl. He brings her in for the night of <laughs> the night of raucous sex. <laughs> they're really having they're really having a night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, kind of flash forward. Uh, I mean, he starts becoming more successful. Things start good. Things start happening to him, which is not explained. Yeah. Ever by the way, you think that something has happened that like maybe the gargoyle. I don't know. Something happened. All no. of a sudden, the guy's an overnight success. Just popsicle, uh, Mo- popsicle houses are a big thing. Yeah, now. most famous painter in the world. <laughs> he asks this girl to marry him, which seemed like a week later. <laughs> like, it was so weird. We actually cut 10 years later, and the guy is like a millionaire. Like, super successful. It's the 10-year anniversary of 
their wedding. They've yeah. got two kids now. It's very sweet. His agent is back. It's very funny. Ha ha ha. Remember when I fired you? <laughs> I'd get another agent so fucking fast. I, I would no way I'd bring him back. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that guy was super pissed at his agent that he fired him. Dude, you weren't making money. What did you want your agent to do? Just hang on to you for nothing? I know. Like, so it makes no sense. Um, he sits his wife down and he says, you know, I got to tell you this. It's been 10 years. The night we met, I watched a fucking gargoyle rip Amanda pieces. There's no reason to even tell anyone. Like, I mean, I guess you would want to. Well, I guess if you saw someone get murdered, you might want to talk about it. I guess, yeah. But, you know, after 10 years, wouldn't you, like, you personally, Sean, be like, maybe someone put something in my drink. Like, maybe there's something off about that night. Like, I did not see a gargoyle. No, because the other guy was like, remember, the, the other guy at the bar confronts him in the in the middle of this story and is like, he was ripped to shreds and you told the cops you knew nothing. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you're right. But it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the whole fucking thing doesn't make sense. So he tells his wife this and his wife is the gargoyle and she screams, you promised to never tell. <laughs> His kids come out, they're fucking gargoyles, and they're crying. They're crying gargoyles. And it's it's almost sad because it's like... It's no, it's just really funny. <laughs> it's almost sad because it's almost like they don't want to be gargoyles. But what? But what? But why? Does she have to kill him? No, but why did he... Why is she the woman? Like... <laughs> Like why did he? Why did the gargoyle say? I almost don't just, tell. Him. I almost just spit my drink everywhere. Why did the gargoyle say don't tell anyone? And then turn into a woman and then marry the guy he told not to tell. And that was real upset that he didn't tell anyone. He told her who is the gargoyle. This is not telling him. There's no need to kill him. Only she also, knows. if he had told a shrink about this gargoyle incident, do you think? Um, do you think it would have counted against him? Mm. Like pa- patient doctor confidentiality. No, I'm sure a shrink gets told that like once a month, once a year. <laughs> a go- you want somebody watch the gargoyle. Somebody saw a gargoyle come to life. Uh, that's the end of this story. Uh, he kills the guy and they fly away. Her and the baby gargoyles fly away. <laughs> my head, my hand is over my eyes because this story, like. It was so stupid. I don't get it. I still don't get it. I don't understand. It was really stupid. Not a fan of this movie at all. Oh, wait. We should finish the epilogue. If, so, if some kid told me this story and held up my dinner, I would eat them so fucking fast. <laughs> Even if they weren't my main course, I would just eat them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was so stupid. And so we see Matt Lawrence again. Debbie Harry's like, okay, that's it. I'm going to cook you like I promised three times already. And Matt Lawrence says, I've got one more story. Uh, there's a little boy and he was selling cookies and then he got stolen. And you're, okay. So he's telling his own story. Then he says, uh, he, sa- he says, oh, he says, she, she slips on marbles. Then marbles appear and she slipped on them. <laughs> so he's writing the stories now and they're coming true. Yeah. Very clever. Um, and she, I mean, he, he pushes her in the oven. It's Hansel and Gretel. It's, exactly. It's Hansel and Gretel. But the worst part of this is he breaks the fucking fourth wall. He looks at us, the audience, and says, don't you love happy endings? No. Fuck you. I wish you got eaten. And this isn't a happy an ending. An hour ago. This is a, a happy ending would have been turning this off. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes in and a saying, happy ending we've made a been, terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we've made a terrible, terrible mistake. Not a great movie. Nah. 
Nah. Really big letdown for me. Super yeah. disappointing. Oh, boy. And that's that's where we start off. It, it only gets better for Joe from here because I hated Campfire Tales. Okay. Wait. Why were you shocked in the beginning when I said I'd place them in between? You thought I would place that at the end? Yeah. Oh, okay. I would put Tales from the Dark Side over this. No. Strictly over nostalgia. Uh, oh. Okay. Right, we'll talk about it. Let's, uh, let's, we're going to do the first half of Campfire Tales, then we're going to come back, finish Campfire Tales, and then we'll finish it up. So Campfire Tales, let's start off. See, when you said that before, I thought you were going to place Campfire Tales at one. No. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Uh, a lot of familiar fame, uh, a lot of familiar faces in this one. We got Amy Smart, James Marsden, uh, Chris Masterson's in it. Christine Taylor. Yeah, Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. So pretty cool cast, um, especially for how early it was. None of these guys were really made yet. Yeah. I don't think. Oh, well, ninety-seven, right? Ninety-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No critic reviews. Okay. Um, we. St- <laughs> so. We start off with something that never comes back into the story. We start off with the old hook hand story. Yeah. Well, this this whole movie is basically just actual urban legends. Sort of, yeah. And one story completely plagiarized, <laughs> okay. which I will be. I know you. I, will. I'll I'll get into in a little bit. But <laughs> uh, so we start off with the sta- the tale of the kids making out at yeah, makeout it's in point. the 1950s, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking this is the setup. Nah. The, no. They do the whole hook hand story. I'm not going to explain it to you guys any further, but they drive away. They think there's a killer on the loose with a hook hand. The girl thinks they see him. They drive away. They're eating burgers at their favorite joint. They look at the car door and the hook is attached. Yep. Which, by the way, you've kind of neutralized this killer. (laughs) So (laughs) you guys are kind of heroes. (laughs) This killer doesn't have much to do anymore. There is no way. That, that that you're not hearing that it's fucking metal against metal. Uh yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a fucking terrible story, and but it's fun to tell when you're a young kid. It now, is, but I still don't. I don't understand. Like, why are you telling people that? Like, this guy has to be crawling, like army crawling, <laughs> for you not to be able to see him. Just to open right. the door, they just have to stand up and whatever. It's yeah, totally yeah. Funny. And honestly, it would take a lot for to kill somebody with that hook. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Is that the, that's the sole thing that they're saying? I think so. Is killing him, or it's just a guy with a hook hand that kills people? Well, maybe it's that. Whatever. It's so, so irrelevant. So, uh, yeah. So, and so is this story to the rest of the movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because never comes back. Not even mentioned. Nothing. I thought it was going to maybe come back at the end. At the end. Yeah. No, they just crammed this in the beginning. Like, I don't even know what they were doing. And maybe it was supposed to be one of their stories and they just didn't have time. I don't. I but then they included it. Okay, so we now now we just straight jump to a bunch of kids driving like maniacs, driving like absolute maniacs. They're going camping or going to a lodge or I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. Were they coming back from a concert? Oh yeah, yeah. There's no 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 yeah yeah no. They're coming back from a concert. The the campfire is strictly made out of necessity because they get into an accident. They, They veer off the road. Yeah, they veer off the road. They get into an accident. No cell phones at this point. So they're just they they have to just wait for help. Yeah. So they, they magically make a campfire. Yeah. They light some flares by the road, make a campfire. They find an abandoned church, and that's where they make the yes. campfire. And they decide to tell some scary stories because 
That's what I want to do if I'm Which, okay, so lost I'm, in the woods. I'm glad you said that because there's another story and this part where the, the sense of urgency is so poor. Like, go find help. Yeah. They also, another weird thing I was just thinking, they're reading a newspaper, which was like left on the side of the road. And it says like, there's a serial killer on the loose. <laughs> yeah. Never comes back. No. It just shows <laughs> why you'd be shitting your pants and why they would not be telling a story. Exactly. <laughs> what is happening? I'm slowly changing my mind to lean towards details in the dark. This is so bad. So they decide to tell some really spooky stories. Yeah. Um, the first one is called The Honeymoon, um, starring Ron Livingston, who's in an RV for his honeymoon. And he has a terrible New York accent. And they're driving through Nevada. Yeah. Which I did not know also until the end. But um, – <laughs> So they're driving through. They decide to go to this weird park, uh, and and this guy comes up to him and basically says, "Get the fuck out of here! You don't want to be here. Yeah, shit's going on around here." They took his wife or something. <laughs> Why would you not listen to? Like, even if that even if that guy's nuts, that man is nuts, <laughs> and he's next to you, and he's in the park with you yeah, at night. Exactly. Exactly. If you don't believe his story, there's still him. There's still him <laughs> who has claimed that monsters are stealing his wife and he is pissed that you're there. And he has a weapon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and he claims he's going to like take these beasts on. Like, guy, guy, he's going to kill you. <laughs> Just leave. Just fucking leave. So they actually end up do trying to leave, but the car breaks down. Because he siphoned their gas. Or that's what that's what Ron Livingston thinks. That's what Ron Livingston thinks. Okay, but the reason I brought that up is because he thinks this man siphoned their gas, and that he just told him a story about a killer. And what does he do? He bangs his wife. Oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Not, so, not. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, let's just hey, stay in the RV. This guy just stole our gas. We have no way of getting out of here. Let's fuck. Yeah, and <laughs> this is their honeymoon. No, there's nothing. This is I, their honeymoon. There's, I mean, I'm as big as. <laughs> A fan of having sex as the next man. But there's that is not the time I'd want to be doing that. No. I'd be panicking. I'd be <laughs> yeah, crying. I need to go find help immediately. Oh my God. So Ron says he's gonna go out, try and get some gas, and is attacked by something. something. We don't really know what. Yeah. Do we ever even find out really what they are? No, it looks like a, it looks like the creeper. Jeepers creepers. Fuck. And, and, so he makes a run for it, um, but we presume he's dead. The, the the thing is chasing him. He's trying to get back to the RV, and we're presumed he's dead. Yeah. Um, we get a knock at the wife's door. He had said he would knock three times if it was him, but yep. this is knocking like four times. Yep. So she's very nervous. Uh, she doesn't open it up, and all shit breaks loose. They're trying to break into the RV. Coming they're, through the top. Coming through the top. She maces them. <laughs> Which was they're making such terrible noises. Yeah, and she stabs one of them. Oh yeah, the noises are awful. Oh my god. Um, and then she ends up turning on an alarm. Yeah, the, like a rape must alarm. Be like big bats or something. Like they don't like noise. Yeah, and, and that keeps them at bay until daylight. Yeah, until she falls asleep. I don't, dude. How could you fall asleep? <laughs> I don't care how tired you are? How could asleep. you fall asleep? <laughs> not not only are you just were you just almost murdered. By monsters, you have an alarm blaring all night. <laughs> There's no way you fall asleep in that situation ever. And honestly, they could have made this story more terrifying if she were just like sitting there awake for 12 hours. I know. Until daylight. Every, you can keep hearing noises. Yeah. You'd hear them outside <laughs> all night. 
Oh my god! But alas, she's okay. She, the cops come. They they pull her out and they say, "Don't don't look, mass. Just keep going straight. Just keep going straight." She looks up. Ron Livingston is hanging there, and his ring is dragging across the top of the RV. See, I thought that was sweet. You didn't <clears> like that? No, because they didn't really make a point of the ring dragging, dude. Show her in that RV all night hearing that okay. ring you, you are absolutely dragging right. across all night, her losing her mind. You are 100% correct. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. You're, one, you're 100% Instead, correct. Instead, it shows it at the end, and I was like, was that bothering her? Were we supposed to know that that was happening at any point in this? But he looked kind of sweet. It, no, it looked great. The makeup, I, the makeup was pretty good. They had good intentions. Here, I'll, I'll save it for the end. Keep going. The second story is my favorite of the, the bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, another scary story because they're not terrified enough yet. <laughs> so, oh, this second story, dude, what did you just say? It's your favorite of the bunch? Yeah. Dude, this story should, this story, <laughs> it was my favorite until a few scenes when I was just very troubled by the whole thing. So every time I go on Reddit and somebody tells like a creepy story, yeah. the story's always told. Really? Dude, always. One I didn't know one. this was a story. Yes. Like <laughs> that people like Dude, every time somebody like posts like a, a scary like urban tale, really? this is always the story. Really? Yeah, and I had forgotten this was in this movie too. <laughs> this story is cuckoo bananas. <laughs> this story is nuts. Okay. So nice family. Loving family, very happy. It's young Amanda. The day before young Amanda's 12th birthday. Yep. Her parents are going out for the night. Her sister's going out for the night. Um, so she does what any kid does, hops on the computer. By the way, this is 97. Yeah. And she's using like an instant messenger client. First of all, I hate when movies make up their own technology. And it's yeah. always just so bad. Like Clarissa explains it all making video games. Yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sam you stupid me, jerk with them it's not that easy <laughs> especially back then it was like the most impossible <laughs> thing in the world so hard yeah uh and it was ridiculous but anyway so this was so like you pretty that on nickelodeon that that tv show where yes. they, but you know what i'm talking about i know nick arcade y- yes <laughs> in the video game? it was the best Dude, show ever oh my god i wanted and to you had that. to like punch that fucking thing. you would be like ducking How bats do, do that i don't know that was ahead of its time they should really bring that back because imagine if it was like, okay, you're going into Call of Duty right now. <laughs> That's probably why they don't bring it back. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Fuck. We're gonna awesome. we're gonna simulate war against you. <laughs> I can't believe you knew I was gonna say that. Uh, wow. It was Good. one of my favorites, man. I loved that. The games they kind of like rehashed, and I always remember there would be a lot of games I didn't know. You had a duck from animals. Yeah, there'd be a lot of games I didn't know, and then games I did know. Yeah. And I'd be like, pick that, pick that, and then always pick like King Tut's Quest. And I'd be like, what the <laughs> Is King Tut's quest that makes no sense. <laughs> the, the, the real ones, like, because there would always be like a bubble bobble or something in there, oh, yes. and you'd be like, "Please pick that," and they never did, and it was probably because they couldn't do that. They had to do their fake games, <laughs> but it was so good, and all the trivia was video game trivia. I know, was, and they were the kids were so stupid. As soon as we finish recording this, I'm going to watch. The episode. kids were so stupid, and they were lo- they were always like, "It'd be like." Who is the plumber dressed in red? And they'd be like, ooh, uh, Donkey Kong? And they'd be like, oh, Lamar Burton hosted it, I think. And he'd be like, ooh, no, it'd be Mario. And you'd be like screaming at the TV. You fucking idiots. You fucking assholes. Uh, but back to this terrible movie. 
<laughs> Nick Arcade. Let's just dissect Nick Arcade for a minute. It's so much better than this movie. Um, although going back and looking at it, we'll probably have a lot of complaints too. Of course. Uh, so she's using Instant Messenger, and it's very simple and it's very nice, and it's foreshadowing a technology that comes very quickly or during this. Really, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And they even had like avatars. It's pretty yeah. cool. So she's talking to her buddy or, well, I guess we find out she doesn't actually know this girl. She's just talking to her. Yeah. And she's telling her a little bit too much, mm-hmm. foreshadowing, foreshadowing what's going to happen. Why don't you take it from there? Because this <clears throat> was your favorite. <laughs> so the girl's name was Jessica that she's talking mm-hmm. to. And then it is revealed that it's not actually Jessica. It is a child predator. Who yeah. was living in like a dungeon. It is the most child predatorish <laughs> yeah, really arrangement was. I've ever seen. If I were a kid, this would have scared the shit out of me, though. He had dolls everywhere, and he was just sitting in the dark with a computer, and he had VHS tapes of yes, her. Of oh her. Of her. Yeah. So he's been like watching her and filming her yeah. and taking video, like, like I just said, filming her. Um, so then we find out that her parents are going to go out, and her teenage sister is going to be watching her. Yeah, and the the sister's going out for the night. And the sister's going She's to, sneaking so, out. So, yeah, so she's supposed to be watching her, but yeah. the sister is going to meet her boyfriend and leaving her alone. So the girl Amanda starts playing soccer in the backyard and is she talking on the phone? She yeah, she is. She is. is no, it it's a, a giant house phone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> talking on the phone and then, um she kicks the ball into the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> those bushes. One thing I noticed is those bushes are so deep. It was almost like a joke. Like <laughs> it was like Narnia. Yeah, yeah. This child predator lives in Narnia. <laughs> because she's looking for things and just like crawling under yeah. and going to a new world. But um, yeah, the ball's lost behind the bushes. She's trying to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, she's looking for the ball. And as she's looking for it, you see the hand come out. Yeah. And the man's hand is like almost brushing her hair. I don't know if it's exactly making contact. But I don't think it is because... I, that's what I thought too. It was really weird. He's very close to her. Super. You close. you would feel that. <laughs> you would one hundred. Well, that's your sixth sense. However, when you're looking for things, like there's mm. branches over your head. Oh, that's true. That's true. Be, that's like, true. Like, you oh no! Totally. Totally. Yeah. So you're thinking she, she's going to get abducted like right then and there. Yes. <clears throat> um, this is where I start having real issues with this story, and the sexualization of this twelve year old is out of. Fucking control, Joe. Joe, this is so close to child pornography. It made me feel so uncomfortable. Joe, Joe's going to argue with me here. Here's, here's, here. Wow. Here's where we go wrong. She takes a shower. She goes inside. She says, I'm going to take a shower. The guy starts creeping around. This is, this is getting close. He's getting close. You kind of get a sense that he might even be in the house at this point. She's in the shower. Already kind of weird. They do a shot of her coming out of the shower with her towel around her chest like a, like a grown woman. Like naked walking around in a towel. Dude, come on. Just put her straight in PJs. Like, I don't need to see that. Then we get her blow drying her hair in a towel. I know. This You're, is so sexual. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. But that was their point. Like, like, there's so many close call nudie shots for a 12 year, a 12, the worst part is even make her like 18. <laughs> I mean, I guess that takes away from the sexual predator nature of it, but not really. Cause I see sexual I, predators. It doesn't matter what age you are. See, it's I awful. This one was real done because I think you're supposed to feel this way. Like you're supposed to feel dirty. Cause it's basically like this girl's about to be abducted and you're seeing it from like the predator. Like dude, 
they do so as they do the scene that you only see in an adult sex scene where she drops her towel and you see her ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, it's not okay. It's not okay. And then she's like trying on dresses like naked. Like, what the fuck? What? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe they were like, let's. Maybe the maybe the fans won't understand that being a sexual predator is wrong. So let's make them feel really creepy about this. <laughs> oh my god! But continue because that just bothered the shit out of me. Like I felt so gross well, watching this. Jonathan's absolutely right, and I have now. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we know the predator is close. She yep. goes to the garage to look for her, her bicycle. Her her dog goes missing. Her dog barks and runs out. I thought she, yeah, you know, yeah, but didn't she look for her bike? As no, well? she ends up finding the bike. Finding the, okay. And she's like, okay. yes. The dog, run, okay, you're right. Yeah, there's a big, uh, there's like a close call scene where she's about to remove, like, there's a big blanket draped over something and you think it might be the killer. She remo- re- yanks it off and it's just her bike. You're right. And that's supposed to make her feel better. <laughs> she's been hearing noises, her dog's missing, and when she sees the bike, she's like, oh, everything's okay. Y- yeah. That's all it was. What? <laughs> What? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? So she goes back to her bedroom because she feels that somebody else is in the house. Yeah. She goes back to her bedroom. She locks herself in the bedroom. What does she see on the mirror? I couldn't read it. I found I out after, it. but it says people it can says lick. It says people can lick too. Yeah. And she has her hand hanging She's off. letting the dog lick it. Letting the dog lick it, but it's not the dog. It's a fucking dude that's just licking your licking her Who hand. is terrifying looking. He is, but <laughs> there's something about this that gives me the chills because even more no. so scared, even, even, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting like flustered. Something even more terrifying to me than like being <laughs> killed or like, it's just some fucking weirdo who's not going to kill kill you just be weird and like lick you yeah <laughs> and loving every second of it like really having the time of his life yeah no this is this is the best story in it and it is really terrifying i just once they they started showing these naked scenes with a 12 year old and i'm thinking i couldn't get my head back in it like i couldn't I, I was scared like i was scared for that purpose like i was just scared that this poor girl's on set naked yeah, you thought about that way more than I did. Yeah, no, it was bad. Uh, but this 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 movie is really, well, you know. And then he escapes out the window, right? Yes. So he's still on the loose. Yeah, you know. And the, and and what do they find under the bed? Oh, the dead the dog. Dead, so he killed the dog. Yeah, he killed the dog so he could take the place of licking licking the girl under just, the bed. Just some harmless fun. Just some harmless fun. Just a Friday night harmless fun. Kill somebody's dog and lick their hands. <laughs> you imagine lying on your bed. I was like, that was the 12 year old, like an adult. No, no, like, no. Now I'm getting the chills. It's just no, being it's so fucking weird. Being licked. It's just some weirdo. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, probably play the theme song to Nick Arcade. And <laughs> we'll be right back. We're going to finish up Campfire Tales. And then we are going to finish up probably one of our top. I would even include it in the creep show level, Tales from the Hood. I I loved it. Loved it. It was so good. So stick around, guys. We will be right back. I would like. 
all of you in this room, one at a time. Scanners. Ten seconds, the pain begins. Fifteen seconds, you can't breathe. Twenty seconds, you pray it will end, and it will. Experience the terrifying power of scanners. Their thoughts can kill. Certificate X, showing in the West End from next Thursday and all over London from May 3rd. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. This is going to be a little bit longer of one, and it kind of might feel a little bit weird. We're recording this on a Sunday. Yeah. Which is weird because we had some stuff come up. Life happens. Life happens. And then you record on a Sunday. Yeah. So, with that said, <laughs> uh, we're going to finish up Campfire Tales. We're on our third story. Um, the Locket. Yeah. This I'm is where I had you, to, uh, this, this is where I, I had to, furious I, I was so mad about this. So, we see a guy going on a cross-country uh, motorcycle excursion uh and they play the worst song ever during that do you remember it it was like this insane ballad it was definitely like the producer's kids band (laughs) or something it was so fucking terrible um so his bike breaks down he finds himself at this house he's greeted by a woman who who can't speak her name is heather wallace she can't speak though she she's she's mute is that is that a mute yeah um so I'm thinking to myself, man, there's something weird about this story that that I just can't put my finger on. It's very familiar, though. So I'm, just everything about it is very familiar. So I'm, I'm watching, and I'm like, I think I know this story. It's really weird. Uh, so he goes into the house. They they have he, this guy's having weird visions of almost like murder, murderous visions, uh, but. Don't worry about it. I'll just stick around a little longer. Yeah. You know, murderous visions are fine. Um, him and Heather Wallace are getting very close, very intimate. They end up sleeping together, and that's when everything goes haywire. We get a he has another vision of of the dad killing somebody. Yep. Either the daughter or the mom. She she said her dad is away, uh, and is her mother's dead. So you kind of have this idea that something's happening there um so he's very concerned and he, he approaches heather and she writes on the window ghosts, ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> reasonable uh ex- explanation uh he then witnesses the exact same thing he just dreamt again which is the dad coming into the house screaming like you whore you whore and slaughtering her and then <laughs> Dumping, dumping the head into the dumping well. Dumping the head into the well, and then he jumps in himself, yeah. right? Yeah. So weird. So they're all ghosts. Mm-hmm. So her dad isn't away like she originally claimed, which is weird. Do you think you'd just be upfront with that, especially since there's ghosts in the house? <laughs> this guy's going to find out. Um, and then it just keeps happening like Groundhog Day. These <laughs> yeah. ghosts keep happening and happening, and and, and they, they kind of keep focusing on this girl in her locket. She's wearing this ribbon around her neck with a locket on it. Yeah. The guy's like, we got to (laughs) go. I mean, (laughs) this whole fucking story. I fucking hate it. (laughs) I fucking hate it. Because the end is, this whole thing with the ghosts does nothing. No. It's no point to the story other than making them leave the house. And the ghosts are like, sometimes they see the guy and try to kill him. And then other times they like walk right by. I'm like, how do you do, neighbor? (laughs) What the fuck? 
Like the ghosts sometimes acknowledge him and want to kill him and then sometimes don't acknowledge him and just walk right by him and keep repeating the same cycle of murder over and over and over again. But it doesn't matter. None of that matters in this story. What matters is they escape. They go to this park, beautiful park. She's sleeping on his lap. He takes off the locket, looks in it. It's a fucking picture of the two of them. That's weird. She stands up and goes, what did you do? And her fucking head falls off. But why is he in the locket? Oh, nobody fucking knows. (laughs) Because this story makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Whatsoever. Are they both ghosts? Who the fuck knows? Because then it makes no sense that the dad wouldn't acknowledge him. Don't worry about it. (laughs) What what I do know is this story was completely plagiarized. Uh, Bye. Our fucking Drama. guy, Alvin Schwartz, yeah. who did scary stories to tell in the dark. He also had a children's book. I use that term loosely. This should not be read to children, but it is called In a Dark, Dark Room and Other Scary Stories. And this is called The Green Ribbon. And it is it is this story. It is this story. And I feel like the locket. So in the, in the Green Ribbon, they meet when they're babies, these yeah. two. And they fall in love from babies to childhood. They're in love the whole time. He takes off the ribbon and her head falls off. <laughs> Fucking crazy, but what it works. I love that story. It's such a good story. And I it I loved it as a kid so much. And this movie, this episode, like they included the picture of them, and I think that was to say, like, oh, we've actually been together for it. I, I don't know what they did. I think they were changing shit on the fly. I think they did, I think they ripped off the green ribbon beginning to end, right? And, and maybe maybe it was like more of a ghost story of him. And then I think somebody watching was like, no, nah, more ghosts. We need more ghosts. Just fucking throw in some dead people and uh, an axe murdering dad. And that'll, that'll be really scary. Awful, though. Awful. And they ripped it off. And there's not a single credit attributed to Alvin Schwartz. And that is a fucking crime. That is a fucking crime. Dude, I was like considering trying to reach out to his family because he's deceased. Reach out to his family and be like, you need to sue whatever this production company is for your fucking money. Oh, Campfire LLC? Yes, that. But Dimension was the distributor. Okay. I don't know if you could get any money from them. But yeah, I guess you'd be, have to I go. New Line. Or new Line. That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Um, you, you would have to be going after Campfire LLC, which I'm sure is doing a booming business now. <laughs> Huge booming business. So that's the last of the... Uh... Yeah. The campfire stories. Yeah, and it, that pissed me off so bad. And, dude, I knew I knew it. And as soon as her head fell off, I was like, what the fuck was that story? And luckily I Googled. Thank God for Google. I found it. And I was like, those fucking rat motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm so pissed, dude. I was so fucking mad. I was so fucking mad. I And I posted a thing online on our Instagram account. Yeah, so, yeah. At, uh, it's I hate horror, I think. And... uh what was funny about it though was people liked it but then i started getting a lot of little kids little kids like 12 and 13 year old girls were like oh i love this story and i clicked their profile yeah go look go look they're just randoms like they just found it and they're like oh my god i love this story and i clicked their profile and they're like 12 or 13 year old girls (laughs) and i was like oh my god and like my 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 comment on the picture is like Campfire Tales is bullshit for stealing this fucking story that I loved so much. Oh, <laughs> and these God. little kids are like, oh, I love that story too. Well, they shouldn't be on Instagram. No, they definitely shouldn't be. But, well, whatever. Yeah, it's it's weird. 
but that's the end of it. Now, Joe, why don't you bring us through this epilogue? Because I fucking hated it. I don't even want to talk about it again. I don't even want to hear <laughs> so, you talk about it. I might turn off my fucking microphone. <laughs> you still hear me talk. Sitting right next oh, to you. Turn off my mic. I meant plug my ears. <laughs> um, so after all the stories are told, the main kid decides to go back to the road to see if anyone stopped to see if they're yeah. helping with their car. The rest of the kids start to vanish, and their campfire has disappeared. They are all gone. So he, when the kid returns to the road, he sees himself near the car. They have not been telling campfire stories. They have been dying in a car accident due to, because he was drunk driving. Yeah, they said they found a lot of empty cans in the car. So, so this, this is, is all just happening as he's dying. As he's dying. Shitty way to spend your last couple yeah. of hours. Ron Livingston does have an RV, though, and is on site. And you, see, <laughs> and you see the characters from the stories driving by. I don't know why. It doesn't tie anything together. This is insanely sad. <laughs> this is a really sad ending. No kids deserve to die from drunk driving. And they really... Guys, this isn't just like a gloss over like, and it was actually him dying. This is like a very heavy, like they linger on this scene for a very long time. Yeah, they, they're, the paramedics are trying to resuscitate him. And his ghost goes up. Well, see, I think he's going to survive. But his ghost goes up to the other kids who are definitely dead and is like, sorry. <laughs> You're like, fuck. He just killed three innocent people. But it's okay, Sean, because you know what drives by? The car with the hook on it. Does it? Yes. <laughs> that happened 40 years earlier. <laughs> Wait, you didn't notice that? No. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie so much. That is a terrible ending. <laughs> Terrible. That is so stupid. The paramedics are cleaning up and the car drives by the accident and there's a hook from the fucking window. I was probably just shaking my head. I couldn't <laughs> even notice. God, man. Guys, whatever you do. I wanted to say that I ranked this. <laughs> I don't know where don't I ranked say this now. It. But I thought that it was kind of fun. And I thought that this is a good movie if you're like 12 or 13 years old to watch. Especially as a guy because it has some nudity. Yeah. The stories are kind of fun. Like I just thought it was a fun, like gateway horror movie. Definitely a gateway horror movie. Like I, I would, sh- I would show this to my son all day, and it also teaches him not to drunk, drink and drive. Yeah. So I, I kind of liked it. I, I guess it's I, not guess terrible it was... in that aspect. Yeah. But really, I mean, movies like VHS, ABCs of Death, and even Body Bags rank well above these two for me. These two are just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would check it out. I guess. I, uh, no, I don't know. It's not really not worth your time. <laughs> it's, you know, I liked it a little bit better. Show it to your kids. People Can Lick too was great. Yeah. And I guess that's it. Yeah. People Can Lick People too was good. Now let's go to Tales the gem. Tales from the fucking the, hood. The gem. The gem. Rotten Tomato score, 38% critics. Okay. Boo. Well. 68% fans. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. This was totally worth that grade. It's, I think it's worth way more. This... I saw this when I was so young. Totally holds up. <laughs> Racially, politically charged. Okay, the social messages. Yeah, in this, socially charged. Each segment is perfect. Like, as, you're right. What's happening right now with like the riots yeah. that are going on? Like everything just 
it's still relevant. And so relevant. The story, and sad. It, it was sad. It was depressing. It was like hard hitting. And at the same time, it was like fun to watch. Entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Entertaining. yeah. You can kind of put that aside just knowing you were watching a horror movie. You can kind of put that and aside. It was a great anthology. Like the yeah. way it tied together was yes. fucking great. Yes. It was a perfect, it was a nice, good story that entertained you. And at the end, you wanted to know what the fuck was going on yeah. with these people. So with it, that. It, it, like, it, like Trick or Treat did in a sense. Like. Everything was like kind of going together, yes. and like the peer, the narrator, like not the narrator, but like the kid, yeah, the narrator and the kids yep. that were in it, like everything just went together. It was yeah, like, and I, I mean, let's just get this out of the way now. When I was a kid, I knew this affected me, and I knew I really enjoyed it, uh, but I knew it also was kind of heavy on on the heavier side. Um, but rewatching it, it's depressing to know that there's a group of people. Like horror is meant to, you're supposed to relate to horror movies. So that way it's scary. Like the strangers, I relate to them. I've been in my house by myself. (laughs) I would fucking hate it if people in masks were trying to murder me. Right. That's what horror is supposed to do. I would hate it if a shark was killing me on the beach. I would hate it if Pennywise was eating my kids. (laughs) Uh, All these things are relatable. And that's what makes them scary. To when we get into these stories to think that these are relatable to people I know is terrible. I know. This is relatable to a group of people and that, that fucking sucks. Yes. That fucking is sucks. And that weighs on you in the movie. And I think it was supposed to, and again, you were right. They somehow do that and it's still entertaining. Yeah. God, that's good. Yeah. They that's pulled good. it off. Well, and it wasn't, well, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it clearly wasn't a big budget. Uh, it was, it was six million. I had just pulled up six so, million dollar budget, made eleven million, but wasn't a big budget, and they they did a lot. Yeah, they did a lot with it. They did um, great stories too. So let's just jump into this. Our narrated, our, our narrative in this is uh, we have three gangsters at a funeral home who are told to go here to pick up some shit in South Central LA. Yes. Uh, and keep in mind, this is '95, so this is like the height of like the gangsta West Side. Yeah. Culture. Oh yeah, yeah. And and this mortician answers the door, and he looks insane. I would have just walked away. I love this character. He's so good. He's perfect. He's I would love to see him more. Himself. Yeah. I would love to see this guy in like eight other movies. He was great. He was so fucking good. So he he's got this crazy hair and this crazy look, crazy eyes. Yeah, and he says he's been waiting for him. <laughs> They say, uh, you know, they, they, <laughs> he tells him he's found the drugs in the alley. See, I mean, I'm not a big time drug dealer, but if somebody's like, hey, I found these drugs in the alley. Go just come in. No. No. <laughs> no. Just come into my funeral home. <laughs> and it's a crazy looking person. Yeah. And they say, you know, we, we're looking for our shit. And like the whole time, this guy, this mortician is just going, yeah, shit. And he's like so mad. Like I would be like, okay, you know what? Maybe this was a bad idea. But just the way you're saying this is just not good. Not good. But I guess we find this out later that they really couldn't run away. No, they, yeah, they but we find that out later. But uh, and the and the mortician keeps referring. And they're talking about like if he tries to fuck them over, they all have their guns on them. So yeah, yeah. They'll so just kill him. Yeah, de- we definitely know that these guys are gangsters. But the mortician is kind of drawing dragging things out and he's taking them around the funeral home as he's leading them to their shit uh and at each what do you call those like uh visiting areas yeah they're for wakes he shows them the caskets of who's there and we start off with clarence 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 and um 
Heavy story. <laughs> like this kind of goes with the tales from the dark side. If I'm trying to buy something illegal, I don't have time to hear your fucking. Stories. <laughs> yeah, like no. just give me my shit. And let no, me go. but at least this has an explanation of why they couldn't leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. At least there's an explanation here. There was no explanation for Debbie Harry not just devouring this child. <laughs> uh, so we get to hear the story of Clarence, a black cop who. Yep. It's his first night on the job. First day on the job. He's a rookie and he's uh, surrounded by a bunch of corrupt cops. Yes. All white. Can we just talk about these cops? So there's three of them. Yeah. One is a very Italian looking man with a dark black mustache, black hair. Yep. N- that's about it for him. <laughs> We have a skinny, crackhead-looking one who I swear he's been in like a million movies. He's the guy that killed Brandon Lee on the set. Is he? Yeah. Is this before or after? After. Wow. That's weird. I'm and they gave him another I, gun. I, I know he he took like a full... So that happened in, what, 93? Yeah. So he took a year off. So I'm wondering if this is his first movie back because he didn't want to like do... <laughs> and I did to and be they're just cop. making him fucking fire guns. <laughs> okay uh that's weird uh but this guy is like a skinny very strung out does not look like a cop at all yeah looks very weird and then another guy who's their leader for all so, intents and purposes such a uh, dick such a dick and a hillbilly somehow yeah everyone there's an italian a hillbilly and like some cracked out city cop yeah so weird such a weird group but you have to have the hillbilly so he could be a racist and call him boy <laughs> all the time right. the entire time um but we see these cops they pull over a uh sharply a, dressed African-American. A, sh- a sharply dressed african-american who clearly has done no wrong he ends up being sort of a Reverend Al Sharpton type of yeah, character. Yeah, he's a city he's, he's councilman. Not, he's, he's, oh, he's a, a civil, city councilman. He's a okay. Okay. So I didn't know if he had a position in that because I I thought he was like the mayor at first, and then I was Just like, councilman. yeah, okay. But he's um, but he's crusading against police corruption. Yes, like big time. Like he's so, arresting cops left and right. Yes. And these cops are not taking kindly to it. Right. And they beat the living. Beat the it was shit. so brutal. Yeah. It was such a brutal scene. Like it is not okay. The young rookie cop tries to stop him. They say, no, 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 we'll take him to the hospital. They, they, they made the claim that he tried to go for my gun. The cop's watching. The rookie <laughs> cop is watching him. <laughs> Why well, even lie at that point? No. Like, it was I'm racist crazy. and no, uh, you're not gonna do shit about it. Yeah, that. yeah. And so they end up actually taking this guy not to a hospital, but to another car where they inject <laughs> drugs into him, and that's it. Yeah, and he dies. And he dies. he dies. They give him an overdose and leave him in this car for dead to be found and and his reputation, his life, and yeah. everything else. And we we see in a newspaper in some years. Yes, they, they say that he's like a. I think they call him a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, it's fast forwards, just a weird amount of time, and our buddy. Oh, Cl- it's a year, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. And Clarence is like out of a job, but like they don't really explain it. You just see Clarence is like unshaved and a drunk. He's drunk now. Yeah, he's just clearly a drunk. tormented by not doing anything to help. Yeah, definitely, big time. Um. He's walking by and he sees a big, big painting of that's yeah, a mural. Of yeah, Morehouse. Morehouse, and he says, "Bring them to me." Yeah. He's hearing Morehouse's voice, he ends up luring these cops to a gravesite because he has a vision of him crucified. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. Yeah, Morehouse. Um, so yeah, so Clarence brings them, bring somehow lures them out. They don't really explain it, but yeah, you know why what? did they the more the better. Meet them there. More yeah. the more the better. You know what? I'd rather have you not explain it 
then try to explain it and make no sense. Yeah, no, I, I this story works. Because, like, if he wrote, like, if I saw that the story was he wrote them a letter and was like, hey, you three, meet me in the graveyard, yeah. he'd be like, no. <laughs> or I'm coming with my gun drawn, I'm just going to shoot you. Yeah. But better left unsaid. Right. And that's what they do. Uh, so he lures them over to Morehouse's grave and he says, we're going to give our final respects to him. The cops decide to, to piss all over the grave. <laughs> the grave. <laughs> They're such dicks. The other cop, the Italian cop is such a pussy. So oh, yeah. push over. He yeah. loves talking up to this guy. So he's the last one to go piss on the grave. Yep. Starts pissing and a fucking hand comes out. Grabs his dick. Grabs him right in the junk and pulls him in. Yeah. And starts, him smashes his head into the oh, grave a couple grave. times yeah. and then pulls him in and then shoots him back out. Or no, yeah, shoots back out with a coffin. With a coffin, and he's in it. Yeah, and and Morehouse is now standing on top of the coffin. And he's a pretty sweet looking zombie. So awesome, yeah. so awesome. And I actually love the, the 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 their zombie in this because their zombie was a lot more magical, and it was kind of yeah, awesome. Control shit. Yeah, yeah, and like like they're the cops trying to kill him. They drive away. They drive out of the cemetery down the street. They look behind, and he's somehow standing behind them. Yeah. As They're still driving. They look back again. He's closer somehow, but he's not walking. He's just, like, standing there. They look back, and he's on the back of the car. I know. And it's awesome. so wild. He makes him crash. Um, oh, and when he came out with the course, he has his still beating heart Oh, my in his God. Hand. Yeah, that was awesome. Like yeah, I forgot Jones. about that. He's got the cop's fucking heart. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. So crazy. He cuts off a... Uh, uh, the dick, the 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 ringleader. Yeah, he cuts off rip, his head, rips his, rips, head, rips off, his head off. I mean, through the car after they crash. So all we have left is the little cracked out guy that killed Brandon. Lee. <laughs> he's just running around. He he's he's panicking. He's he runs into where the bums are, the, the like the crack area. Yeah. Morehouse levitates a f- heroin needles, used heroin yeah. needles. And shoots, shoots him like darts. Shoots him into darts into this cop, crucifying him right next to him on the on the, mural. On, the on the graffiti mural. Oh, and he shoots one that goes right, right into, into his, his mouth. mouth. Yeah. Oh, it was so brutal to watch. This is where things get a little weird. I would have been okay with that just being the just ending. Being the end. But uh, he turns into a painting. <laughs> turns into a painting. He goes, "Welcome to my world." Yeah. <laughs> kind of Freddy esque. So I guess it's kind of cool. Like. He is now trapped in this painting for the rest of eternity. Crucified. Yes. I would have. I like the story and I love this movie. But I would have liked this. Uh, let me talk this out. <laughs> I don't know where I stand on this. I think I would have liked it to end there. But. Oh, yeah. He goes to Clarence. Yeah. And he starts to strangle him because he didn't stop the cops when he could have. Yeah. And then we shoot to an asylum. And Clarence <laughs> is in the asylum. And the people talking outside of it are saying he was a cop. Who killed his partners? Yeah, killed three killed, cops. killed three cops. So was this all in his head, or was that part of uh, was that part of the zombies' punishment? I think that was the zombies' punishment. You think so? Yeah, I think he framed him for it because the guy was probably like the zombie killed him. He killed him. Okay, but at the same time, I I don't like this end because it also was like I don't know. It's I do like that he went after Clarence though. Yeah, because, no, I do too. I like I like the message of I wish he killed Clarence. I do too. Yeah. But I guess this is an equally good punishment. I like I like the message of, you know, especially with everything that's going on today. Like, I'm not, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying cops are pieces of shit or anything. But yeah. 
you always hear about like people like, well, there are good cops. Yeah, maybe they should. Some of them, when they see something going on, should probably be like, don't do that. Yeah. Shit. So I, yeah. I like stop it. I like that. Yeah. No, it's it was good. It was definitely good. Uh, we go back to our guys in the mortician. He takes them to another viewing run. Now we don't see the body of this one. We we saw Clarence. They zoomed into Clarence in the in his casket, but they won't show us the body of this one. And the three guys seem pretty disgusted at it. Yeah. And that jumps us into our next story. Boys do get bruised. Whew. This one we could probably sum up quickly because the main gist of it is there's this new boy in school. Yeah. This was um, powerful, man. This was kind of tough to watch until the end he seems quiet he seems sensitive he immediately gets bullied being the new kid in school kids are dicks and um his teacher is noticing that he's showing up with bruises around his cheeks and his eyes yeah the teacher's noticing this he's trying to bring it up to basically anyone he's trying to get the kid with the nurse yeah and the, the kid is also drawing pictures of monsters yes and claiming that the monster is the one that is doing this to him Obviously, a red flag for any teacher or any human being in yeah. this world. Right. Um, so the teacher decides he's going to go talk to mom and dad about this. He's going to go over to the house with them. And But before he does that, uh, the boy keeps coming with bruises and he's drawing pictures. Because one of the girls in his class says when she has monsters or things she doesn't like, she draws pictures and crumples them up and they can't hurt her. So he draws a right. picture of the bully Tyrone. Crumples it up, and then Tyrone's taken away in an ambulance. Right. So you know, you know this kid has powers with his drawings. His yeah, drawings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the the teacher goes over. The mom is friendly. Yeah, uh, she's by, coming on play, to him. Played by the girl on Friday. Yep. And uh, the teacher ends up bringing up the monsters, and she loses it. She, yeah. She tells. What was the boy's Walter. name? Walter. Walter. She tells Walter, get your ass out here, Walter. Walter comes out. She says, I, I told you never to talk about these monsters. Like, just stop it with that. Then in walks Dag, <laughs> David Allen Greer. Dag. Uh, he comes in. He was great in this role. You know, he was. But there's something. he Very serious role. Yeah. He's playing an ab- abusive father. Piece of shit. A dad that abuses his kid every night. And by the way, there were scenes in this. Well, it's not his son. Oh, yeah. Stepson? Well, he's just a boyfriend. Oh, he's, he's just a boyfriend. Asshole. Abusing a kid. Even worse. Yeah. Uh, there were scenes in this where you'd see the boy terrified, crying in his bed. Yeah. Crying in his bed. You see the monster. Because the monster's, the monster's the coming, coming in. in. Yeah. yeah. He's opening the door. And that always affected me so much as a kid. Like, this poor kid, like, yeah. he's just sitting there crying. Like, he, yeah. And uh, so David Allen Greer comes in. He's playing a very serious role. But. When you hear his voice, you're just waiting for comedy to come out of it. And that does not happen. Yeah. <laughs> it does not happen. I, I know. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> like, his voice is so comedic. Like, it's just, he's always comedy. Um, but he comes in and he tells his teacher, basically, get the fuck out. Yeah. Teacher says, you know, he's talking about this monster. And David Unger says, I'll have to talk with him. Yeah. He has a talk with him. All right. Monster goes up. The David Allen Greer goes up to the bedroom. The teacher's left, but the teacher's thinking about coming back in. David Allen Greer goes upstairs. And he starts beating the <sighs> shit out of this kid. It's tough. He's beating the shit out of the mom. Takes off the belt. He's whipping them both. He's, just, he's so angry that, <laughs> that he, the kid drew a picture of him as a and monster. Mom, that's what he's pissed that's off about. He's mad like, about. You, see what you, make, you draw people you like this. You think it's this? funny to call people <laughs> monsters. And he beats them from the... 
They're upstairs. He beats them all the way till they're downstairs yeah. in the kitchen, and he's still beating them. His punches to the mom are brutal to watch, though. Brutal in the sense that they look like they hurt, or they're terribly choreographed. Because both. <laughs> okay. Because I thought I thought both. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Like awful. Yeah. Um, the teacher ends up coming in though and saving. Well, sort of saving the day. He gets his ass. Then he kicked. gets his ass kicked. <laughs> but it buys it buys Walter enough time to. He takes his piece of paper. He folds it. This was the best. This was the best. Folds. So he, he's got the monster's arms. Folds the piece of paper, creasing the monster's arm. David Allen Greer's fucking elbow bends backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was the best he's, thing I've he's, ever he's seen. He starts doing it limb by limb, and all his limbs are just contorting in every oh. which way. He's just a big pile yeah, of shit. He twists on the, floor. the paper, and his body spins around. Yeah. And he's a giant mess. He crumples up the paper. He's a David giant Allen mess. Greer is. <laughs> When I say a giant mess, I mean he's literally just like a lump of shit. He he's looks still talking. He looks shit. worse than um, basket case. What, what? Belial. That's Belial. what I thought of too. Belial. Belial. He looks exactly like a giant Belial, <laughs> except worse even than Belial. <laughs> so ridiculous. He does not look worse than Belial. Uh, like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> so, and that's it. And the teacher, well, then they light him on fire. Yeah, the teacher hands Walter the piece of paper and says, or they say, "What are we going to do about this?" They're going to find him. And he says, no, we're not. They're not going to find him. He hands him the piece of paper and Walter lights it on fire, incinerating his corpse. And even though the end was kind of silly, how he looked, I love that story because just the heavy. Yeah, it was heavy, heavy and a nice. But at the same time, it was relief. You got your revenge. The story closed. I like that. And that was it. A real monster. Like, I mean, he, is, yeah, he, I mean. I don't know how to wear that because he is a real monster. Yeah, like, but he's a real life monster. Not a monster. Not like monster. a goblin yeah. or a ghoul. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I, it, it was just a powerful story and it worked and it closed. It opened and closed. Only complaint I had was their their final thing in that was, what are we going to do? They're going to find him. So they're not going to find him. And they burn the paper, which burns him. Yet his burned up corpse is <laughs> in a casket at the funeral home. <laughs> oh, but now, yeah. Yeah, now, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it now. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that's the end of that story. The mortician is still dragging him around. These gangsters are getting pissed, though. Yeah. No more stories, old man. This is it. We just want our shit, and we want to leave. Yes. He ends up telling him one more story. No, he tells him two more. Wait, the racist dolls? Yep. And then... uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What was his name? K? uh, Crazy K? Crazy K. Oh, my God. That's my favorite story, by the way. Yeah. Let's just gloss over this doll one. Um, All right. I do want to say that this is called KKK Comeuppets. I would desperately wish it was just KK Comeuppets with uh, another K. Yeah. With a K. K. Yeah. But I love that Corbin Burnson, well, he plays a uh, racist, obnoxious Southern senator and a former member of the Klan. Yeah. is he running for office? He's, 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 he's rerunning for office. Yeah. He's rerunning for office. I love that they named him Duke because during that time, David Duke was running for president. Oh, really? Yes. And David Duke was a member of the Klan. He's a Holocaust denier. He's an open racist. And he was gaining many votes. And, you know, this was big. Like Ice Cube talked about it on his record. I, I just love that they named him Duke. I can't believe that story. That's so funny. I was honestly about to make the comment, who would... Who would run for office that's a member of the KKK? David fucking Duke. That's yep. crazy. Was he running for president or senator? I believe he was running for president. Oh, my God. Fuck. Sometimes democracies he was a are not okay. He was. A, he had a, he had a office position, David Duke. 
What? Yeah, uh, I'll pull it up right now. Well, you can talk briefly about oh, it. We gave gosh. the uh, introduction. Yeah, so you have this senator who is living in a plantation to run his, uh, a, a plantation known for its slaves that were murdered there, uh, to run his campaign out of. Like, you think you'd have an ounce of decorum to, <laughs> if you're running, whatever. <laughs> See, my whole argument's gone now because of this David Duke guy, because clearly no one gives a fuck. Right. It's so crazy. Uh, but anyway, so this guy's running for office. He's openly racist. The The town's people are telling him, though, you know, you're in the wrong fucking house because that house is haunted and the dolls are going to kill you. He doesn't know what they're talking about. They explain to him that uh, all the slaves in this plantation were murdered when they were actually set free. When the government set them free, the owner just slaughtered them all. And uh, an old woman put all of their souls into these dolls that she had. Yes. And the dolls have never been seen since or anything like that. But there's a big mural of the woman and her dolls in this house. This guy's not afraid of it. We see the dolls kind of coming into action, though. They start appearing in the house. His, uh, his aide dies falling down the stairs, and the doll just happens to be there. And eventually, this guy just starts losing it because he's finding these dolls everywhere. Yeah. They're following him around, and he just can't get rid of them. He fucking shoots one. You don't see the dolls moving yet. They just appear in these places. It's it's kind of mysterious. My favorite scene in this, though, is he gets all pissed. He's He can't explain what's going on, and he's getting pissed. And he takes up an American flag and hits the woman in the pa- painting's face. Right in the face. And she starts bleeding. The painting starts bleeding. Yes. And I was like, fuck, that's amazing. That's such a great effect. Yeah. Now, though, the dolls are alive. The dolls are alive, and they are pissed. Yeah, I liked it. I don't know why. I always, like Trilogy of Terror as another yeah. anthology. It has a doll that yep. comes alive. I love it. Yeah, which one of our fans, Joe, says is his favorite. We're, we're not going to do shout-outs because it is so late. Yeah, we're, uh, so, yeah let's speed this, this up. Is be like I do want to say David thing. Duke. Um, he was on the House of Representatives of Louisiana. He ran for president in 88 and 92. And this takes place in Louisiana. So Yeah. And not only was he a member of the KKK, he was the grand fucking wizard. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. He should be in jail. He's a piece of shit. And people oh were my. voting for him. That's terrible. In, in fucking 1992. All right, go on. Oh, God. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Yeah, we're... so he, he, so the, the, the dolls end up coming to life, and they devour him. They eat him. Yeah. They're eating they, him. They They're not trying to kill him. Yeah. They're eating they eat him. him. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. And then the, the lady comes out. Of the yep. picture, and she's in a rocking chair just watching as they're eating. Yeah, that was that is a great story. I love that. But one. again, I love <laughs> I love that they made him David Duke. Like he's clearly it's supposed so awesome. to be him. Yeah, I'm really glad that that's a true thing because I was about to bash that. Each the one of these time. stories has dealt with something that is very rampant in the, the inner cities. Yeah, in everything for sure. It's yeah. crazy. Final yeah. story, the best. Yeah, very weird for me. Very fucking weird. So fucking weird. A story. So the gangsters are super pissed. Yeah, we're, let's go back. So we're back with the mortician after the last story. Yep. The gangsters are like, that's fucking it. We're going to kill you. He says, I just want to show you one thing. They open up the casket. And the gangsters kind of pause. He said, oh, do you know this guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've seen him around. They're, they're kind of nervous. And that's what brings us to our next story. 
Yes, it's called Hardcore Convert, and it's about Crazy K. And you see Crazy K is just this angry fucking thug who, who just immediately just kills somebody yeah. for talking shit, I yeah. guess. Pops him. Then he gets shot. Yep. I'm going to try and say this quickly. Um, he gets shot. He's laying on the ground, and there's a big shootout with mm-hmm. the cops. And you see the guys that shot him running away, and the cops are firing. They're firing at the cops. They, oh, they saved all by to, a fucking cop. Say, so Crazy K <laughs> says, saved by the fucking cops. So he, like, he's like mad about it. Yeah. Ain't that a bitch. Then he is incarcerated. Yep. And this woman comes by and says she's going to put him in this special program and he'll be out for behavioral modification. modification. He goes in, he's in this like crazy underground that's almost like Clockwork Orange esque. Very. um, I mean, it's right out of Clockwork Orange. Just showing him images and. And he's next to this. Uh, oh, white yeah, supremacist yeah. who's just got these terrible tats all over him, and he's basically the white supremacist is basically telling this guy they're not that much different. Like he kills black people, and the African American kills black people. Yeah. And he's killing young black people. So then, then, then they put him in the deprivation chamber, and they, they they're showing him clips of gang murders and real, lynchings, real oh. life pictures of lynchings, and then that's terrible. Just gang, gang members shooting other gang members, and it's just really hammering home the point like about black on black violence. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is not helping his community. He's no. doing the same thing that the racists are doing, yep. which I just thought was, I, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, they did. They put him in a sensory deprivation chamber, just completely black. And, and they're, they're basically torturing him. And that strobe light killed me. I thought I was going to have a seizure. I did too. I was like, oh my God, I get it now. I get those warnings because I think my brain's about to fry and I'm going to die. <laughs> like I had to turn away. Like it was yeah. really bad. While he's in that chamber, the light is just flashed. So if you have epilepsy, do don't, not, watch don't watch Please this. Please don't scene. watch this. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. he, while it's flashing, he's seeing the victims of people All that he's of killed. Victims. And he sees like the innocent girl that was just in Across that building the and the yeah. bullet hit her. And the lady who puts him in there is like, I'm giving you a chance to change your life. Like stop doing what you're doing. And he's still acting hard, still acting gangster, tough guy. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about any of you. She's like, yeah, the choice is yours. You're free. And he stands up and he like holds the girl by her neck. And he's like, keep saying, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to change, blah, blah, blah. So he is dead. He's, he is actually dying. He's still on the ground. All this is taking place. So while he said, saved by the fucking cops, that is like right when this is all taking place. Yep. He's not being saved. He has a chance to be saved because he's in like purgatory right yeah. now. He can either say he's going to change his life and he'll be good to go or he's keeping a piece of shit and he's just fucked. He's dead. Yeah. And that's what it is. And he's dead. And Crazy K is dead. And yes. that is the end of that. Yes. So we're back with the mortician and our three buddies and they are furious to say the least. They are very angry. They pull guns on the mortician yep. because they know that he knows they are the ones who killed Crazy Cat. They are the ones. They are the gangsters that shot him. Yep. And uh, they, they want to know how, they, they say, I want to know how you know. How do you yeah, know yeah. that we did this? And, and he doesn't really explain it, but he says, I'll, I'll, I'll take you to your drugs. And they say, all right, but we're going to kill you after we get our shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. He brings him to the basement and uh, he he's going a little cuckoo too. He's like rambling. And, oh, he's getting more and more eccentric as it goes on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's, he brings them to these three coffins, and he says, open it up. That's where it is. I, I keep them in there. They open it up, and it's the three of them yes. in these caskets. They're themselves in the caskets. And they are terrified. They they, they, they actually did a great job. Yeah, they did. They, They're like, what the fuck are we doing in here? Yeah, and uh, it turns out Crazy K's crew came back 
and killed all three of them. Yes. And they, dude, this scene, this is my one of my favorite endings to like a horror movie. It is perfect. It's so good. It is perfect. And this guy is the best devil ever. <laughs> Did I agree? They turn around and he goes, this ain't no funeral home. It ain't the Terra Dome neither, which I don't even understand that line. But whatever. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> uh, which is a reference to Mad Max, really. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Mad Max reference. It ain't the Terra Dome neither. Welcome to hell, motherfuckers. <laughs> and he just transforms into the fucking devil. Into the fucking devil. And the funeral home disappears and everything is fire. Yeah, it's just fire. Just ter- this, this, ending, this ending has to be talked about as like one of the best in horror movies ever. I agree. I loved it. It was, it was fantastic. And honestly, that might be the scariest representation of hell of all time. So like if you're a criminal going to hell, wouldn't it be awful for like you to have this like really troubling experience where they kind of like drag you through and you're just like getting pissed off and you're like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Like, and then it's the fucking devil and he terrifies you at the end and then, and then you announces you're in hell. <laughs> and you're there and, for the, and that's for just the welcoming. Yeah. That's not even like your punishment. That's just like, welcome to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for the rest of this shit. Yeah, like you don't even know what the half of it. Fucking great, and like the the whole message about like the street culture too. Like if you don't change your ways, this is what this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, that was it was phenomenal, and that really wraps it up. Those are those are the three other ones we picked. There's there's a lot of other better ones besides Tales from the Hood. That one is top three without a doubt for me. Yeah, it was so good. Um, But there's some other ones: VHS, ABCs of Death. Body bags. You guys referenced a bunch. Um, I know there was Cat Eyes. Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror. And we appreciate you guys sending those in. I'm sorry. We just don't have the time to go over all those. It's This is going to be like a two-hour episode. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much again for listening. We really appreciate it. Oh, one announcement. Um, so we're going to be going to a twice-a-month schedule instead of four times a month. So we will be getting two episodes a month. For us, we're sorry, but it just makes more sense with our schedule. We have a life and families that we yes. have to deal with. and uh, But I think the episodes are going to be better that way. They're also not going to be limited to an hour. Um, they're probably going to be right in that range. But if we go over, we're not so worried about it. Um, and then the other cool thing is we'll be doing specials and things. And October will probably be an episode every week. But something like this where we want to talk about every anthology ever and bore you to tears... We will do, and we'll make it big like this one. Yes. So um, this is a good one to at least be a longer one. So tide you over for the next couple weeks until our next episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, guys, we really appreciate it. As always, we want to thank Harley Poe for allowing us to use the song Gorehound off the album Pig and Holiday. You can find him at harleypoe.com or facebook.com slash harleypoe. Find us on Twitter at I Hate Horror Show. At JoeV421. Or on Tumblr. I hate horror.tumblr.com, our website, I hate horror.com, facebook.com slash I hate horror. And of course, the most important thing, we appreciate you downloading, but please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. We really, really need that. That's really what helps us. Um, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you in a little while. Thank you. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>